Welcome to the Black Sparrow Media Internet Broadcast Network. You're listening to Linux in the Ham Shack. LHS is a podcast about Linux, open source and amateur radio for everyone. Now here are your hosts, Russ, K5TUX, Cheryl, W5MOO, and Bill, NE4RD. Well, hello everybody and welcome back to Linux in the Ham Shack. We have been gone for almost a month now. And the last episode we did was back in 2018. Now it's a whole new year. And this is episode number 266, our first of 2019. So welcome back, everybody. We hope you had a wonderful holiday season. And if you're into the gift-giving thing, you got everything you want and gave everything you want and didn't piss off too many people. That's all you can ask for, right? So uh, uh, I'm Ross, K5TUX. I'm Cheryl, W5MOO. And I'm Bill, NE4RD. All right. So, very good. Now, we left off with what would have been our long topic episode, but it turned into a Q&A slash prediction episode slash roundtable slash 2018 roundup sort of thing. So, we're going to kick off 2019 with our short format episode, and then we'll follow that up with our first weekender of the year. So, moving right into our short topics, we are going to hit some amateur radio stuff. So, Bill has been very diligently putting things in to talk about tonight, so we'll let Bill talk about one of them. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of stuff has happened over our little break, but uh, one that stuck out here that I wanted to list first was that uh, RIDI and FD8 successfully coexisted in the uh, 2019 ARRL RIDI Roundup. And uh, this is uh, from the from the ARRL newsletter. Uh, based on informal exit polling and log submission trends, it appears that uh, RIDI and FT8 successfully shared spectrum during the ARRL RIDI roundup over January 5th through the 6th weekend. So it proves that we can operate more than one mode at one time. This is great. <laughs> so uh looks like they had a dramatic uptick from last year. Uh, obviously, for the I'm going to just assume that it was because of the FT8 it went up. Uh, they had, uh, let's see. The number of logs that were submitted with more than 2,400 and counting received by midweek, uh, as opposed to the 1,622 logs that they received in 2018. So that's a huge, huge jump. So definitely, I think uh, something sparked some activity and got some people involved in that digital mode contest. And the Ritty Roundup is a it was a great contest, and I hope you all had a chance to participate in that. I know uh, I didn't because uh, <laughs> I had just gotten back from Florida. So uh yeah, so there there you go. FT8 is taking over, period. <laughs> yeah, I think we've established that FT8 is definitely going to be the way of the world, and they're probably going to have to rename the contest, I think, or the, or the roundup, since it's, since it's now FT8-ready. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, I, didn't, I didn't play with this. I didn't know how it actually worked, because I know, like, with Ritty, you can go all over the band. And I didn't know if FT8 stayed inside of the FT8 window or did people operate outside the window. I guess I, I'll have to go look around a little bit more to see exactly how that functioned. 
guess like with anything, there's no technical limitation other than the actual AWRL band plan for operating FT8. Everybody sort of stays at the calling frequencies more or less, but you don't have to. I guess it's easier no, to yeah. uh, find people if you do. Um, but so, so here, here's going to show my ignorance on this. Um, I haven't bothered to look up the actual physical nature of the mode. FT8 versus something like Ready. Are they both like FSK? Yeah. Okay. It's just the the yeah. So if you have a true FSK transmitter, you can run that, or you can run AFSK with the sound link or something like that. Okay, but it's, it's basically just the payload that's different. The the, the operating of yeah. the mode is exactly the same. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it could coexist real easy to switch between your know, programs or whatever. So all right, very cool. So moving on from the Ready Roundup that has exploded this year, thanks to FT8, uh, we also have uh, a new receiver in space that operates from 0.1 to 40 megahertz. And uh, this is the Chinese... uh, Okay, yeah, I get to try and figure this one out. Uh, (laughs) A satellite called Kuijiao. Is that a Q or a G? That looks like a Q. Kuijiao? I'm going to go with Quixiao. How about that? Uh, which will relay signals from Chang'e or Chang'e, Chang'e 4 on the side of the moon that Earth cannot see. Uh, on this particular satellite mission, there was space for a um, medium frequency, high frequency receiver and antenna. Uh, the receiver antennas were developed by astronomer Mark Klein Woltz team at Rad, Radbud. Radbud? What is it with all this? stuff <laughs> university in partnership with dutch radio astronomy organization astron and provided and private company innovative solutions in space uh the ncle netherlands china low frequency explorer uh the ncle consists of three five meter long that's 16 foot carbon fiber antennas and software defined radio and data processing electronics that's kind of cool so let's see 0.1 to 40 megahertz this can transmit on any of that? That's just okay, a receiver. Just a receiver. So what is it doing? I'm not sure. <laughs> it's just there up there soaking it's up receiving. All, yeah, all the frequencies <laughs> from 0.1 to 40 megahertz and doing nothing with them? <laughs> I'm sure it's doing something with the, with them. They're actually be able to, let's see, let's see as amateurs, we use the oh, <laughs> receiver. Let's see. Oh, they are looking initially to detect bright emissions from the sun and Jupiter. It is most likely there are many other low-frequency transmitters out there as well that could be heard. So it looks like they're going to just use it for experimentation. All right. Well, that's a perfectly acceptable use. All right. So we also have, in the amateur radio world, another satellite. Um, well, No, it's a it's big a, it's satellite. A, it's a satellite <laughs> that you can have that is a copy of one. <laughs> um, Absolutely. All right, Bill, you, you go for it. Cheryl's still uh, futzing around looking for okay. <laughs> a recipe to talk about later. Yeah. So this is this is the first show. We're just uh, we're just trying to catch up to figure out how we're supposed to read this. Yeah, stuff. we're all well. Um, I'll, I'll yeah, say so I'm the, still punch drunk because I've I've had the flu for over a week, <laughs> so I'm still not operating on all all cylinders. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Alrighty. So the the Fox One CubeSat model kits are available. So through the dedicated work of John Clute, uh, K uh, Kilo Four, Sierra Quebec Charlie, and Stefan Wagner, 
Victor Echo 4, November Sierra Alpha, AMSAT can again offer a one-to-one scale cardboard model of the Fox 1 CubeSat. It is a life-size and based on the latest Fox 1 engineering drawings for the highest fidelity in design and appearance. The model is printed in color on heavy stock paper, includes all the components, and the instructions are carefully prepared to allow for easy assembly in approximately, oh, sorry, oh, requiring scissors and glue, etc. Sorry, <laughs> I skipped lines. Depending on experience, assembly will take approximately 10 hours. Okay, cardboard in 10 hours. This is uh, going to be fun. The complete model will be a perfect addition to any satellite operator shack or a chance to show visitors what is being done with AMSAT today. All proceeds will go to supporting AMSAT satellite projects. The price is $40 plus shipping, and I checked their website, so it's $48 in the U.S. And uh, this will be a great little static display should you be de- demonstrating satellite to a group of, uh, you know, I don't know, let's say scouts or at uh, field day or at winter field day or at any of these events. Uh, this would be a great little thing to kind of has, have as a demonstration. It's like, yeah, this is I'm pointing my antenna up at the sky. And this little box is spinning and flying through the sky, <laughs> sky and this is what I'm aiming at uh, to give people perspective. I think this is a great idea and a, and a great, also a great fundraiser for AMSAT. So uh, pick one up. Uh, I, I think I'm actually going to order one or possibly two for uh, for the scouting stuff. Now it says it comes with all components, so it's actually operational. <laughs> <laughs> i don't think so <laughs> well it's made of cardboard i don't think the real one's made no, of the real one's probably not made of cardboard but what, what are all the components then just the, the cardboard components is that what that's talking about i i guess so yeah if you look at it it's a very detailed object and i'm assuming you have to glue on all the uh all the pieces if you zoom in on it you'll see uh you have to put in the corners are all separate the little panels the black panels will be all separate like your little uh, uh solar array panels uh everything and it's very very detailed <laughs> so. what? hold on one second what on earth just happened it just i tried to get to the link and it loaded it inside my etherpad sweet <laughs> you must have a special browser <laughs> i don't know what went on there but okay i'm back back to back to reality <laughs> okay i'm not going to do that again <laughs> I, I wanted to anyway, i wanted yeah, to look a lot at of pieces and parts to glue accurate. on and an interesting model of CubeSat. Well, to describe it, it looks like a cube <laughs> with a bunch of panels glued on it. So uh, that's about the best you can describe it uh, on the radio hmm. or on here. We don't really have a picture to show you through your speakers. That's true. You'll have to go to click on the link and in the show notes and, and look it up for yourself. I'm still trying to get it to load. Yeah. <laughs> Forget it. All right, enough of that. <laughs> waste everybody's time. No more interwebs for you. Things. All right, so moving on from amateur radio, we're going to jump into some open source topics. And the first one is the Open Research Institute, which we have talked to here on Linux in the Ham Shack, down at Hamcation in Orlando, Florida. Uh, who doesn't love Orlando in the winter? Um, probably everybody who lives there. Uh, before <laughs> before yeah, our exactly. break. Bruce Parents K6BP was looking for help for their booth at the Orlando Hamcation. Uh, only requirements were that the person be nerdy enough to be there. Well, gee, <laughs> if you're at a ham radio convention, you're nerdy enough to be there. Uh, I believe there is some money to be earned in the deal, says Bill, uh, but you'll not have time to run around the ham fest. You'll have to be at the booth like a booth, babe. Uh, and if you're interested in that, you can get in contact with the ORI or one of its officers if the position to see anyway, if that position is still available. 
And if nothing else, you get to spend a few presumably warm, sunny days in Orlando. Yeah. Yeah. And he was offering uh, at the time 600 bucks. So it was a, uh, it was fairly so significant. Why aren't you in wrestlers uh, booth, babes? <laughs> yeah <laughs> i joked about it to him i said oh yeah it sounds like it's right up my alley but like after i looked at the flight and the hotel i was like yeah I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> you can, i could get like i could get like uh basically to atlanta sure. from the <laughs> on 600 bucks and then we'd have to talk about uh, getting me back well, we could we could make the round trip at least gas wise between here and orlando uh on 600 dollars, but that would be about it so you you can go work and yeah. I'll go to Disney World. Thanks. Fine. That, that, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it means you don't have to walk around to Disney World. <sighs> Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That seems like a great deal. Non-expiring well, tickets. Yeah, we'll we'll get back there. Don't worry. At some point. Do you want to read a story? Or are you still? No, I'm around? still. I'm still. All right. Fine. Around. Fine. I could make you read a story anyway. You'd have to tell me, number one, where I'm at and what I'm doing. So. All right. Bill, tell us about Wekan. I will talk about Wekan. It's the uh, open source Kanban. So for all you DevOps and Agile people, you know exactly what that is, so I'm not going to explain it. But are you a Trello user? Then you'll be familiar with this product supporting an MIT license. Uh, Wekan is an open source Kanban board, which allows a card-based task to and to-do management. Uh, Wiccan allows uh, to create boards on which cards can be moved around between a number of columns. Boards can have many members, allowing for easy collaboration. Just add everyone that should be able to work with you on the board to it, and you are good to go. You can assign colored labels, cards, and facilitate all the other fancy stuff that makes people happy when they see that big screen. Uh, so, yeah, you can find this project over on GitHub. There is a, I think there's a Docker container you can uh, get. Uh, or you can also just download the code right off of GitHub and uh, run your own. And I believe there's also, I believe there's also um, a commercial supported version as well, if you wanted to go that route. But it was a, uh, it was uh, listed over there on opensource.com. So I figured I would uh, tell you about it, even though I only linked the GitHub. <laughs> <laughs> pretty, pretty certain I got it from opensource.com too. Um, but yeah, so, uh, yeah, a lot of people are using those Kanban boards or Kanban or however you, uh, pronounce it. I used to look at my tickets that way too. Uh, it could be, uh, could, could be some functional use if you, if you, if you haven't messed with a Kanban board before, it's a, an interesting way to look at your stuff. I have not looked at it before. Um, sometimes I feel like we're in desperate need of a way to organize our projects and things that are going on and the interaction between people at work. So. But the biggest problem is um, my, we would need one of these things set up in order to figure out which of these things we actually wanted to use. <laughs> <laughs> well, the nice part about these are real easy to set up, and uh, and uh, I, I think you'd have no problem getting it going. And like even for the basic projects, I can set one up. Like you know, all my uh, you know features, my work in progress, stuff that I've kind of sort of completed, and stuff like that. From like with some of my side projects, I'll, I'll use a, a Kanban just for simple organization of tasks. I think it's a pretty decent way to kind of visualize everything that's going on. If you have too much stuff in there, then it's not really yeah. worthwhile. Right now, we're using smart sheets, which has to be the biggest pile of crap ever invented. But and if you've never used smart sheets uh, and it ever comes up wherever you work, make sure you quash it immediately. <laughs> so <laughs> that's right. Kill. Make sure it never happens to you. All right. Moving on, you, if you so desire, 
can turn a Raspberry Pi 3B Plus into a Pry Tunnel VPN. Pry Tunnel is a fantastic VPN terminator solution that's perfect for small businesses and individuals who want a quick and simple way to access their network privately. It's open source, awesome, and the basic free version is more than enough to get you started and cover most simple use cases. There is also a paid enterprise version with advanced features like Active Directory integration, if you want that sort of stuff. Uh, is this based on uh, IPsec? Yeah. I did not look at the story, so I do not know. Uh, I'm going to say no on that, uh, but it could be. Uh, <laughs> I was just curious what, to, like, if it was uh, open SSL type tunnel or IPsec tunnel, or is it based on their own proprietary tunnels the algorithm? Or I saw that. Oh no. Too. Where did I do not try and open this in the etherpad, please? How <laughs> oh, did you do it again? I don't know what on earth is going on. When I cut stuff out of the etherpad, it's like cutting single characters. I I am just I sort of done That's with this weird. Whole thing too. It looks like it's based on the open VPN okay, protocol. So cool. That is something I am fully aware of. Yeah, and use every single day. Check that out. Yep, I do too. Well, I don't use it every day, but I have it here running at the house. Oh, very cool. So, and that's nice because it actually allows you to do point-to-point tunnels as well as Road Warrior tunnels. Um, so that would be pretty cool, actually. If you're using Raspberry Pis to create like a tunnel through for endpoints between like locations of the business, that might be really neat and a really cost-effective way to create secure traffic between two disparate locations in your enterprise. But then if, yeah. Yeah, it seems like you have an enterprise, they're probably throwing money at it. So, (laughs) yeah, that's it. Well, maybe you have a small business. Maybe you have a small business. All right. So, there are some amateur radio and some open source topics to kick off 2019. So, let's move into some random discussion of Linux and the Hamshack type topics. And, uh, Bill, you want to talk about uh, upgrading our Linux and the Hamshack distribution? Yeah, I haven't had much feedback from them since uh, we started pushing them out on the tracker and since we updated to uh, 18.04.1. And just wondering uh, if we can get some feedback from you all on whether we should go ahead and build it for 18.10 or should we wait for the next incremental release, which probably will be 19.04, still a non-LTS build, but uh, an intermediate build nonetheless. And I didn't know if uh, we could pull any data from the tracker or if it actually counts. Like how many downloads we've had. It and stuff. does have some statistical information. Unfortunately, the the tracker is about as basic as it gets in the web tracker or in the torrent tracker world. Um, so basically, when <laughs> like whenever I reboot that machine and have to restart the tracker, everything just disappears. <laughs> so ah, okay. So I don't well, have any fine. historical um, data. Yeah. So well, we'll get some feedback and uh, you know send us some notes. And, you know, tweet us, whatever, and tell us uh, tell us what you think and if we should build some more. And, Don, I'm not going to build a Fedora <laughs> one. <laughs> Negative. <laughs> no, I, I could do a Fedora one. Probably should just stick with know. the Debian-based distros, <laughs> at least. Yeah, yeah I, have a, I have a Fedora run running out in the, uh, out in the shack out there, but um, I don't use it primarily was, for I that. mean, you could easily do it as far as building the packages and stuff for fedora but fedora doesn't have the access to the meta packages and things like that so you'd have to do it manually right um there's not as many meta packages i mean there's no meta packages period so we'd have to go out and find all the packages of interest 
Um, but there are like, you know, the basic ones for, you know, CQR log, um, WSJTX, FL Digi, stuff like that. Those are readily available in the, uh, one of the power repos or whatever. Um, and they're, and they're fairly up to date. And plus you can just uh, manually attach to them as well. I, I guess if I get a little more versed in Fedora, maybe I'll look at, uh, at least, uh, setting up like an instruction set to build your own quick one from like Fedora 29 or something like that. So that might be interesting. Um, I don't know. It, it would be cool to hear from folks to see if there's any actual interest in having an RPM based version of the distro. Uh, that would probably give you more incentive to actually try and create one. <laughs> yeah, that, that's probably true. <laughs> like I said, I do have it here at the house. So it's not like I don't have a system currently running it. Uh, in fact, I was just going to put uh, Budgie on there just for uh, giggles because I, I really hate GNOME 3. <laughs> what I know you say that all the time, oh, okay. and I have to ask now, since you've said it so many times, and since I have not up till this moment asked you, what what is the thing that annoys you about GNOME three? I just don't like the the start interaction type menu, the super menu, and stuff like so that. So, which one do you normally use? Mate? I normally use Mate yeah. for everything. Yeah, just more simple. It's the less uh, GUI intensive. I think uh, you know, you know, I am running on the Mac Mini, so it doesn't have much of a graphics thing to even talk about, but. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I'm looking for something a little different on that particular build. So I'll probably be moving that one over to uh, a different uh, windowing environment. I did flip it to X. I got out of Wayland uh, so I could run uh, screen sharing and stuff like that, you know, VNC, because you can't run that on Wayland. <laughs> Although it ran real slick on Wayland, uh, I couldn't do anything with the screen. And there's a few applications that I want to be able to do that, especially when I did like the uh, the audio interconnect. So instead of having me run out to the garage and fix any interconnect issue you know i can i can do it all just remotely from here in the house all right sounds good so yeah just let us know if you're listening to this and you have an interest in trying the linux in the hamstack distribution which currently is based on ubuntu um if you have any desire to see something rpm based i.e based on fedora let us know and then bill will just ignore you <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we will definitely uh, well at least i know you will try and keep it as updated as possible and as far as doing as far as rolling out like 18.10 as opposed to waiting for 1904 i mean do you personally have a preference on that well i mean i'm still sitting on uh, 1804 on all of my builds so i haven't even I haven't even tried out going to 18.10 so it wouldn't be a big deal for me to do it because i just do it in a virtual virtualized setup anyway but um but if people are interested in it i could definitely keep it always at that you know, edge build, whatever's uh, available. All right, cool. Well, if nothing else, I mean, 18.04 uh, version, it's 18.04.1. Actually, you did update to the .1. So that is out there. That's, yeah. that's what's available on the various torrents. And links to those torrents are on the website, lhspodcast.info, if you want to download one. Uh, there are, what, five or six different iterations uh, based on des- different desktop environments. All right, so there you go. Yes, check out the Linux in the Hamshack distro. And uh, no, go ahead. Yeah, we have. <clears throat> oh, sorry. I was just gonna say, yeah, we have Kubuntu, uh, Ubuntu Budgie, Ubuntu Mate, X Ubuntu. Those are the four I have here. There, I thought we had one more, but we probably have this. Uh, was there one based one. on LXDE, or did we? No. Mm, okay. I think we punted that one. All right, fair enough to punt it. Um. All right, so we do have one more Linux in the Hamshack topic, and since this one was directed at you, I'll let you handle it. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, this is a CW trainer. So Mike, Oscar November 9, uh, Mike Golf, he contacted me through Discord before our break to tell me about this little project he'd been working on. Uh, it was a fun little project for him to do as he was learning some CW. He, uh, he basically built it for his Mac, and it's all C code. So I actually downloaded this and started playing around and compiling it, and he has some shell files to create some MP3s and stuff like that for practice uh, practice sounds. But he has it all tied to uh, the playback, uh, I think, built into Apple, if I remember correctly, because I started editing <laughs> editing the project to see if I could get it running in Windows. Yeah, so it uses a AF Play, which I believe is a, a Mac OS thing. <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, if you're interested in kind of playing around with a C program and, yeah, a C program and uh, interested in CW, this is kind of a cool little project that uh, one of our listeners used or actually committed, it looks like, about a year ago and could probably use a little Linux loving if uh, you want to go ahead and uh, you know, make a make a branch and submit it back to them. That'd be really cool to get it working on Linux. Um, something kind of fun to do in these <laughs> cold winter nights. Uh, get in there and do some uh, coding. And <laughs> thanks again, Mike, for uh, sending that link. And uh, we have the link in the show notes. Uh, yep. from and I'm looking at the GitHub project. This is definitely not one of those things where it's a download and build kind of thing. It's basically just the includes and the C files. And you do have to uh, build it yourself. There are some instructions. Um, but you know, this yeah. is not one of those, um, for the total noob. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah. It's just, uh, you're going to be manually compiling it, but it's, it's very small files, very simple to do. And, uh, it, it's, it's simple enough. I think most people, if they're learning C and playing around with it, with their Arduino, whatever, uh, it'd be a good opportunity to kind of like play with something a little different and, uh, give it a, give it a whirl and see if you can get it working in the, with the, with the Linux playback and everything else. All right. Very cool. Well, we have actually come down to the end of our topics for this first episode of 2019. Um, I'm going to throw it out to the chat room to see if anybody has anything they want to contribute before we move on here. And that might actually give Cheryl a chance to get back into the room so we can hit the social media roundup before we <laughs> go on our merry way. But, you know, maybe we can toss it out there. So how did everyone enjoy their holiday season did everyone have a good time i know we have several people in the chat we can recognize those people right now we have uh don kc 9 zmy we have don kb2ysi we have jim 7j1ajh we also have ted wa0eir and we had jeremy kc0nuk who else did we have in here is there anybody i'm missing i think you got everyone i don't see any like flailing hands or anything like that yeah anybody get anything really really good for christmas or something they always wanted something really expensive <laughs> <laughs> some quiet time away from the family did anybody get that no not really <laughs> anybody make it anybody make it through without getting sick <laughs> uh, i'm still on the border i think uh <laughs> I think everybody else has gotten sick from our trip to Florida, but uh, I think I'm the only one that has semi-escaped it. The, the the illness? Yeah. Yeah. I haven't, uh, I mean, I got a little sniffle, sniffle stuff, but uh, nothing like everybody else had. They were kind of out of commission for a couple of days apiece. <laughs> uh, Don says he was crazy with the two grandkids handy, didn't get any audio stuff for, or radio stuff for Christmas and no quiet time. Jeremy got more bills to pay. Yeah, don't we all? 
They never seem to go away, do they? <laughs> never. They keep paying them, but they don't go away. <laughs> Sad times here. Lost a firefighter and another one at the Univai Hospital. Oh, that's not good. That's from Ted, by the way. Well, looks like I didn't. I'm not the one who. Not the only one who had a miserable Christmas. <laughs> now, Christmas was actually fine. We had we had fun. We we were out of town. We had a good time. But uh, yeah, I could could have dealt without the flu. I really could have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were actually flying on Christmas Day, so it was a uh, kind of an experience for us. We generally don't go anywhere. We always make everybody come to us, and so we decided to plop everybody in a plane. And the cheapest day to fly on, of course, is Christmas Day. It's Christmas, right? So yeah, yeah. So we flew out about midday Christmas Day from Billings, and of course, it's the we were totally fogged in here, <laughs> like zero visibility outside. And uh, we're sitting on the ground thinking, like, man, we're never going to get out of Billings. It's not going to not going to happen. They'd already canceled, like, the earlier flights out of Billings. And uh, luckily, we had, like, a, you know, it was like a three or four hour layover in, in Salt Lake City to burn. So uh, I think we burned almost all of it by the time uh, they actually decided to load us in the plane and take off and head over to Salt Lake City. Because we only had, like, 45 minutes on the ground in Salt Lake. And then we were back in the air to head into Tampa. So... <laughs> Uh, yeah, we didn't think, we didn't think a vacation was really going to start. In fact, our friends were supposed to fly out that morning to go to Hawaii and, uh, the, their plane got canceled. So they actually, uh, had contacted the airlines, I guess, last night when, or the night before when, um, they knew it was getting canceled because of the fog was set, settling in because the plane that was coming in did not come in. <laughs> um, and, uh, they, they got their outbound flight from Bozeman, which is on like the other side of the, the first mountain range here that you run into heading uh, west. So uh, so they were still able to fly out, but they had to drive uh, two hours to uh, go catch a flight out of a different airport. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> Lovely. Yeah, I think the flight that was Indeed. supposed to come in that night, or it would have been like New Year, uh, Christmas Eve night, didn't come in until like 3 o'clock in the afternoon on Christmas Day. Hey. So talk about that as a delayed flight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we do hope everyone had a good holiday season. We hope that uh, your trek into 2019 hasn't been too uh, uphill so far. And uh, we'll see if we can get Cheryl to read us the social media roundup. Um, yeah, sure. Hang on just a second. <laughs> I have no. I have to get there. <laughs> sure, but maybe later. <laughs> yeah, maybe later. <laughs> You're bugging me. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you'll get a break. You'll get a break, but yeah. You know, okay. Um, we need to wrap this one up. All right. Well, so for this time for our social media roundup, for our Patreons, we have David Jaquay, Doug Redder, Stephen Harp, Andy Webster, Pete Caffrey, Cubicle Nate, Darren King, Donald Gover, John Spriggs, Jonas Rulo, Paul Griffith, Robert Pitts, Samuel Vimes, Steve Metcalf, Steve Sainer, and William Heckelman. For subscriptions, we have Kevin Ivey, Bill Collins, Tony Coberly, James Lewis, Jeff Zimmerman, Steve Hepler, My Michael Jopling, Steve Nichols, Todd Bowers, Thor Wiegman, Charlie Brown, Wayne Carpenter, Bill Piotr, Darren King, Dylan Engel, Alan Wilson, John Clark, Robert Halliday, Brian Smith, Johnny Kinsey, Ronald Ike, Robert Yerke, Michael Connolly, and Jeremy Hall. Uh, for Facebook, we have Patrick Tast, Dorade Yaya, uh, I'm assuming, Jonathan Panzica, and 
Yeah. What, you're not going to try that one? No, I want to see you try it. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't read whatever language that's in. So. Yeah, and I'm not exactly <laughs> sure. It kind of it looks, looks like, like Chinese. It kind of looks like Korean, maybe a maybe, little bit. Yeah. I don't know. So, it's hard to say. But. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I have no clue. I'm not even going to try it. <laughs> but, but thank you for following us on Facebook. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Wh- yes. Whoever you may be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on Twitter, we have at Yai Bowron. At Ham underscore Shack, at Terry Long, at Terry Bondi, at Silverman JE, at Walt DJR, at W7FGS, and at KA1ULN. On YouTube, we have Cubicle Nate, KB8QJE, John Haworth, Pat Hayes, and Boxen Lee. And no one joined our mailing list, and no one bought anything. That's because they were too busy buying things. Christmas presents. Yeah, other things. <laughs> That's okay. All right. So we have successfully navigated the topics for tonight and down through the social media roundup. So that means we're going to call this one a wrap for the first episode of 2019. So thanks, everybody, for tuning in, uh, for joining us after our little holiday break. Hope everyone had a good month or so that we've been gone. And we're back to it. So we'll be here every Monday night doing the thing we do. And with that, we'll wrap up 266. I'm Russ, K5TUX. I'm Cheryl, W5MOO. And I'm Bill, NE4RD73. Thank you for listening to this episode of Linux in the Hamshack. LHS is a community-sponsored podcast. Our website is located at lhspodcast.info. You can support the program by visiting the LHS Patreon page of patreon.com stroke LHS podcast or using the contribute link on the website. Get in touch via social media. The show has a presence on Google+, Facebook, Twitter, Discord and YouTube. Or you can drop an email to info at lhspodcast.info or record a voicemail at 1-909-LHS-SHOW. That's 1-909-547-7469. Visit the IRC channel, LHS Podcast, on the Freenode IRC network. Also visit the online merchandise store at shop.lhspodcast.info for fun and fashionable LHS merchandise. Become an ambassador and represent LHS at a Linux convention or ham fest. Email ambassadors at lhspodcast.info or visit the website for details. The podcast is recorded live every Monday night at 8 o'clock p.m. Central Time. Connect to the stream at stream.blacksparrowmedia.net colon 8008 stroke LHS live. Until next time, over and out.
Linux in the Ham Shack in the Linux in the Ham Shack logo are released under a Creative Commons Attribute Non-Commercial No Derivatives 4.0 International License.